Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN. Your home for K-State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Well, guys, I finally broke down and bought one. I finally got one. I'm not a trendy guy. I'm way behind on trends. I remember when cargo shorts became cool, and it still took me three years to buy my first pair. (laughs) Believe it or not, just hours ago, I bought my very first iPad. What? I have never had one. The heck? The only tablet I've ever had was like a cheap Amazon tablet that used to be like 30 bucks. Now they're like 100. Sure, yeah, the Fire. Yeah, the Fire tablet. My mom got one. I actually got her one one year for Christmas. And she's like, oh, it's great for, you know, playing games or whatever. I watch a movie on it once in a while. Just the volume on them are not very good. They don't crank up very, like on a plane or something. They just don't crank up. Right, yeah. My mom still utilizes hers. But I was like, I had one of those, and I left it one time in a in a hotel room. But I was like, it was 30 bucks, you know, I was like, whatever. And I was like, you know, I've been thinking for a while. I was like, you know, I need to upgrade my life a little bit. I need to get with the times. <laughs> and uh, earlier today, I went to the store and bought myself a, an iPad. So I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of feeling cool today. I'm kind of feeling with what's going on with the world today. Okay. That's technology. Okay. Now, I've I've had an iPhone for about five years. Switched from, you know, Samsung to iPhone to Apple. I'm very happy with that change, by the way. Now, uh, going from an uh, Amazon Fire tablet to an iPad, I think I'll be all right. Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner and Troy Coverdale just us to today. The phone number is 537-1350. Actually, here in just a few moments, we'll be speaking with Coulter, Coulter Nuanez. He is with ESPN Montana and is also co-founder of Skyline Sports. He's going to help us get to know the Bobcats of Montana State here in, uh, here in just a few moments. Sloan from 1015 K-Rock. It is our, of course, you know, annual tradition to have somebody come on the show that doesn't know a thing about college basketball and predict the NCAA tournament. (laughs) Because it just so happens to be those folks that go by mascots or colors and don't know a thing about the actual game or the teams, they win the pools. Mm -hmm. It's just luck, right? We're going to see how lucky Sloan from K-Rock is. Plus, coming up in hour number two, we'll have my top ten list of the week. Something I haven't done in over a month, I think. A top ten list. What? All right, uh, before we get to uh, Coulter, he'll be joining us in about uh, about roughly 10 minutes. He'll be calling in, and we'll talk about Montana State out of the Big Sky Conference. Uh, I, I want to thank everybody who has listened to the game on our podcast, those outside the listening area that catch the show a day or two afterwards. I've noticed the trend lately is actually I think people marathon the shows. 
Like they just they'll like on Mondays or Fridays they'll just bang them out. Listen to them all, and I think you can. If we did a full five days of two hours, you could probably listen to the entire weeks of podcasts in maybe six hours. Yeah, that's probably about something, right. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, just depends. Um, last year, twenty twenty two was our best year by far when it came to podcast listens. Over one million listens on the podcast last year. And we're getting – remember, it wasn't that long ago when we had a very ugly and a very botched game of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? <clears throat> to celebrate two uh, million listens. Well, we're now at 2.88 million listens, and that was less than a year ago. I mean, that was – what was that, like seven, seven or eight months ago? Was it that long? Yeah, because I think it was over the summer. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah now that you, summer. yeah, latter part of the summer. But I, I just Good again, grief. I want to thank everybody who has listened to the podcast and been committed listeners through host changes, through co-host changes. We, we've done a little bit of a personnel change over the last three or four years, and I've been on the show for gosh seven years before I took over the hosting duties, and now it's it's my show. I get to be in the captain's chair for the last year and a half, and it's been awesome to see the numbers through the roof, and they've continued to be through the roof. Now, with that being said, there's going to be a major change to the podcast. Give you a little uh, play-by-play of what took place here. It was yesterday, uh, Spotify called me, and Spotify was like, listen, we probably should have done this a long time ago, but we've noticed your, your numbers. And your numbers are really good. What will it take to make Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, the game exclusive to Spotify? So I called my lawyers and I was like, all right, what, what, and uh, my agent, of course, I'm like, what should we do here? We obviously got to go high, right? Throw out this ridiculous number. And so that's what we did. We threw this ridiculous number at them, right? And they're like, look, you guys are great, but maybe not that great. And so they're like, we'll, we'll, we'll give you this number. And I'm like, wowzer. Uh, now, as I wasn't like right away, like, yeah. Went uh-huh. back to the lawyers, went back to the lawyers, went back to the agent. And I'm like, all right, this is their... Uh, this is the counteroffer uh, from my counteroffer. I think we should do it. Had the paperwork in front of me. I'm looking at it. Just, you know, with a fine-tooth comb. Crossing the T's, dotting the lowercase J's. And I'm like, I think this is, I think this is it. We got to do it. So this won't be right away. Uh, but very soon, the game podcast will become an exclusive podcast for Spotify. So as a matter of fact, last week, I I wish Spotify would have called me sooner because I just sent out some voice work to be done. Our voice guy, Victor does an amazing job. I was like, we need to update our bumpers. We need to put in some new like liners and stuff like that. It's a lot of radio talk or whatever. I was like, we need to just start updating things, make it more fresh again. It's been a while, right? And then in one of those reads, I, just, I had him mention something like, Where, wherever you get your podcast, search for the game KMAN. I was like, well, we're going to have to get that changed here pretty soon because that's not exactly true. It's not wherever you get your podcast. It's going to be exclusive now to Spotify. So 
uh, when we get the details exact and we know exactly when that's going to take place, we got to iron out a few things, you know, let the lawyers do what they do. And that's lawyer, right? Do the paperwork, get the contracts right. And so we'll get that figured out, and then we'll be sure to let you know on when that podcast does exclusively go to Spotify. Uh, I wish I did have the tools to figure out, like, because we do have our podcasts all over the place. Like, it's literally where, wherever you listen to your podcast, and you can keep up with the show. Um, it's hard to exactly pinpoint where exactly who listens to what app or whatever. Like, you have your podcast app on your iPhone. A lot of people listen to that, I'm sure, but um, we will go exclusive to Spotify here very shortly. So I am really excited about that. Really excited about that. I'm glad that you know a, a company like them has taken notice, has realized what's going on. So that that's very exciting. And I know Troy, you're just as excited as I am as a as a. Aren't you a Spotify listener, a committed Spotify listener? I am a committed Spotify listener. If it wasn't for the other arm that I have a subscription to, I did have. Uh, Spotify sub in the past. And after looking at the numbers, like what they're going to cough up for the show, I'm like, man, we're about to start making more money than the Rolling Stones off Spotify. And and Taylor Swift and Metallica and Blake Shelton. Hey, do we have a cash and Duran Duran. Do we have a cash register sound here? Because, you know, Spotify. Ka-ching. I didn't see any. Uh, I didn't see a, a dot followed by two more numbers. I just saw zeros. After or before, I should say the dot. Those poor artists. More places than three point one four a pie day. No, it's mm-hmm. obviously it's just a joke. But um, no, very excited about the change, and that's going to be happening very shortly. We'll again be sure to let you know when that'll be taking place. Meanwhile, we'll take our first break, and when we come back, we'll be joined by Coulter Nuanez of ESPN Montana and Skyline Sports. We'll talk Montana State Bobcats right after this. What is this, Troy? The sweet. I should have wait. I should have waited for it to kick in. Little ELO-ish at the start. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Thank you. It's a good one. It is the game on K Man, Mitch Fortner, and Troy Coverdale. Friday. It is the third to last game to tip off in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Kansas State, at a record of twenty-three and nine, three seed in the East will take will face the fourteen seed in Montana State, the champs. Out of the Big Sky Conference, we are now joined by Coulter Nuanez of ESPN Montana, and he's a co-founder of Skyline Sports. Coulter, really greatly, uh, greatly appreciate your time joining us here on the show to talk about the Bobcats, a team that's won back-to-back Big Sky Conference championships. Uh, but first, before we get to the Bobcats, I've never been to Montana. Um, I, I know there's not a whole lot of people that live there, but it's a big state and it's beautiful. Now, when it comes to Kansas, the thing people don't understand is like they, they everybody thinks it's flat, right? Well, half the state is. The other half has hills, something to look at. Is there anything that people get wrong about the state of Montana? <laughs> Interesting. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, well, first of all, I think that when it comes to true mountains, it's actually a good stat for you. Missoula, Montana, where I sit at right now, is actually the most highly populated city that is in the mountains. Denver is mile high, but it's actually on the plains next to the mountains, right? And there's a lot of cities that are exactly like that. In terms of actually being an intermountain town, Missoula, Montana, at about 120,000 people, is the highly, most highly populated intermountain town in America. So it's funny because Montana is certainly super rural, 
Uh, but I live in one of the only places that's like a little bit urban, right? So uh, it's interesting because it's not just all cowboys and uh, cowgirls out here. There is uh, a little bit of urban life around here. But uh, either way, thanks so much for having me, guys. Appreciate it. What's the elevation there? Uh, 3,400 here in Missoula. Bozeman, where Montana State's from. We're based in both Missoula and Bozeman, so I go back and forth a lot. Uh, but Bozeman's about 5,000, about 4,980, so almost a mile high in Bozeman. But they're not quite as high here in Missoula, about 3,500. So Missoula and Bozeman, how how uh, how long of a drive is that? 200 miles. So it's 200 miles on uh, I-90 going east if you're driving from Missoula to Bozeman. So it takes about two hours and 40 minutes. Across the Continental Divide at Butte, one of the most picturesque areas to drive it. So oh, absolutely. I spent last weekend in Butte. Butte's about as good as it gets, man. I love that town. The mining city is uh, is Alzheimer. They tell their history better than anybody, and that's always one of my favorite places to go. It's one of the things I miss about the road trips in the conference, Coulter, is that uh, I don't get to see the, the move through the mountains right there. Yeah, no, it's definitely a great drive. I have to make it. A couple times a week, it seems like these days, but uh, I enjoy it every time because it is. It's a uh, beautiful country up here, no doubt. Well, Coulter, let's dig into Montana State, a team that's 25-9. and nine. They finished 15-3 and three in the Big Sky. Finished second in the conference, but won the conference tournament to get to the NCAA tournament for the second straight year. What is the reputation of this Bodcat team? What do they have done so well as a team to get them to this spot? Well, if you've watched Selection Sunday, uh, there was a moment where they cut to the voice of the Bobcats, and it was just for about three seconds. But one of my buddies, Keaton Gallagher, he got a little national airtime, which was great. Uh, but he said, you, you're watching the golden age of Bobcat basketball. And that's no question true. Montana uh, State has perennially been very good in football. They've also been very good at track because of the uh, elevation, especially distance running. And Bozeman's just a sort of a running town. Uh, but basketball, especially men's basketball, has been the most elusive sport for Montana State. They have not been a basketball power by any means. They basically were just stuck in fifth place in the Big Sky Conference for about 20 years. But then they hired the prodigal son, basically. I mean, they hired one of the all-time great players in the history of their program, Danny Sprinkle, to come back, and he's been nothing but outstanding. He has fully exceeded, I think, by and everybody else's expectations. And uh, he's done it in a completely different fashion because Sprinkle, as a player, was a slick shooting guard. So I thought he was just going to, you know, basically become South Dakota State light at Montana State. Just recruit a bunch of shooters, really good guard play, try to score 85 points a game. That has absolutely not been the case. Instead, Montana State has won almost exclusively with rough and tumble defense, uh, a tough-minded attitude, and a pair of the best big guys in the big sky. So I think, you know, if you were to ask people around the league how Montana State's gone back-to-back here, it's first and foremost by having two of the most dominant big guys, the big guy's seen in a while, in Jabril Bello and Great Osibor. And uh, also they've just done it just from the, the, the heart and toughness that's instilled by their head coach, which is a different style of winning that maybe I thought Danny Sprinkle would employ when he first got the job four years ago. I just got to say, Danny Sprinkle is a fantastic name. <laughs> it's certainly getting a lot of love on all the uh, – the March Madness sites right now, for sure. The fighting Danny Sprinkles, and uh, there's a whole bunch of wordplay you can do, for sure. But uh, well, he's certainly one of the, uh, the most popular guys in Montana because not only is he a uh, Montana State alum, but he's from the state of Montana. Uh, he grew up in Helena, but his roots actually go back to Butte. So uh, he's got a lot of fans uh, all around uh, the Treasure State right now. You brought up Bello and what he has meant to that team as a four-time all-conference performer. 
he may have been the most important recruit for Sprinkle to get in that first recruiting class. Yeah, I mean, to put that in perspective, I mean, guys like Damian Lillard and Larry Kostowiak and Rodney Stuckey played in the Big Sky, and none of them were four-time uh, All-League players. Bell was the first guy ever in Big Sky history to be a four-time All-League selection. I mean, caveat there, because Lillard and Stuckey obviously went in the NBA draft before they got to their fourth years, but but still, it's, it's an impressive accomplishment, and yeah, I think that's one of the main things that Sprinkle did that was so important is the one retention he made for Brian Fish's staff was Chris Haslam. And Haslam is sort of the, the gateway to the international flavor that Montana State has on their roster. Uh, the Bobcats have, I think, three players that hail from Great Britain, and uh, that's because Haslam's from Great Britain. He used to be the, uh, the U-19 national team coach there uh, in the U.K., and he's helped open up this pipeline not only to, to England, but also to uh, all of Western Europe. So um, that's why you see a lot of international names on the roster is, is sort of the retention of Chris Haslam, his ability to recruit Europe. Uh, so that's certainly been a key. But, no, Bello is Bello, Bello's so interesting because his statistics in terms of, like, scoring, they're not going to blow you away. I mean, he is a 1,700-point scorer, but he's never averaged more than, you know, 13, 14 points per game. But it's, it's the attention he draws on both sides. He's sort of like the Shaquille O'Neal of the, of the big guy. You know, he's, he's bigger and stronger than everybody else. So everybody gives him all this attention, and that's what opens up everything else for Montana State. But he's also, just in terms of defensive efficiency ratings and stuff, one of the best big guys in college basketball. He's the all-time leader in block shots at Montana State, and uh, his defensive metrics are, are pretty impressive, uh, even when compared to high major players. So uh, he's certainly the guy that, that uh, is the most important guy at the center of everything for Montana State. Yeah, Bell is 6'9", 240 pounds of forward, and I also read that uh, he's one of five active players in Division One basketball with 1,500 points, 700 rebounds, and 150 blocks in a career. And you're right, he's averaging about 13.6 rebounds per game right now for Montana State. Moving um, to the guard play that uh, for the Bobcats, Big Sky Tournament MVP was Raekwon Battle, who's averaging 17 points a game. And I understand there's also a, a really good four, I, I should say um, um, another guard that's a starter, a point guard that can also score the basketball for uh, for Montana State. Um, but with Raekwon Battle, does he also back up his offense with defensive play? Yeah, the Raekwon Battle will be the guy that looks the most like the guys on Kansas State's roster. Uh, he, he's a power five type guy. I mean, he was a, a four-star recruit out of high school. Uh, he comes from a, a tiny Indian reservation in western Washington. and He actually went to the University of Washington for a year, and he had a really hard time fitting in there just because the school was so big and, and uh, you know, just coming from such a small place and such a tight-knit community, he really didn't have a, that much opportunity to acclimate. And so he got a second chance at Montana State, and he certainly made the most of it. I, I think I read earlier today that I think he's the only uh, Native American basketball player in this Division One tournament, which is pretty cool, you know, representing for not only his people but Native peoples across this country. And, uh, you know, that's just a, a part of the story. But the other part of the story is that the kid is just an unbelievable athlete. I mean, he's a, he's a skywalker. He can play defense. And uh, he's an exciting player to watch. He's kind of the spark for Montana State. And, you know, in terms of when they take the floor against a really good Big 12 team in Kansas State, I, I think that the two guys that aren't, that aren't going to be physically overmatched are Arbello and Battle. Everybody else are going to have to find their way for sure, but uh, they do have a couple guys that uh, probably have power five level talent. 
Is there any team, anything about this team that they struggle with? Is there any weakness with Montana State? Well, I think that their biggest their biggest strength is their inside presence, and then their biggest weakness is if and when they don't knock down shots when Bellow and Osabar get double teams. In the big sky, they were able to get away with it quite a bit because they just have so many different options that can beat you off the dribble, get to the rim, all that. But you know, Danny Springle's been saying it all year. He's like, I love the shots we're getting out of the double team. There's going to be a day where we hit 10 or 12 of these. And as we see all the time in this tournament, that's the key factor, right? As, I mean, for a team to pull an upset as a double-digit speed, it almost always comes down to knocking down a bunch of threes and knocking down more threes than your opponent. So uh, I don't know if Montana State has that in them. They've been brewing up to it, and they definitely believe that they do, uh, but they haven't had a game where they've hit 12, 13 threes so far this season. So I'd say the outside shooting maybe the one Achilles heel for Montana State. I got a couple more for you here, Coulter, before we uh, let you go. I, the Big 12, maybe historically in college basketball history, is the toughest conference. Um, and, you know, seven getting into the field and K State being the third best team in the conference, and they get in as a three seed. But, you know, Troy once in a while tells me about the Big Sky Conference <laughs> from football or basketball perspective. <laughs> Where did the Big Sky fall in the pecking order this year when it comes to the to the low majors of college basketball? Well, that's such an interesting question too, because uh, as somebody that's covered the league for seventeen years, I, I was a, a bit uh, grumpy the first part, of, the first half of Big Sky play because I just thought the league wasn't very good, and uh, part of that is just proximity bias. You know, I I, I didn't see any Damian Lillards out there, and so that was part of it. You know, also Montana has perennially been one of the best teams in the league, and they were and they've been sort of middle of the pack the last three years. So I think that sort of takes the league down a notch. Same thing with Weaver State as well. But I think a part of it was that about fifty percent, maybe even fifty five percent of the starters in the Big Sky this year were transfers. And so then when we saw the second half of the league of league play, it, they looked a lot better because the team started to kind of coalesce and figure out how to play together. And then all of a sudden, by the time the conference tournament rolled around, there was like five good teams, and which is pretty standard for any given year. Uh, but I think that was sort of a microcosm of what's going on across college basketball. I think it's taken teams longer to find their, their way and hit their stride. I know Kansas State took a bunch of transfers in the offseason, and, and uh, you know, there's always going to be ups and downs when you do that until you finally come together. So, um, I think at RPI, I think the Big Sky was 17th out of 32 leagues, so somewhere right in the middle there. You know, I thought Montana State, if they would have, they played in a in a non-conference tournament up in Canada over Thanksgiving, and there was a couple teams that made the NCAA tournament field in that tournament, like Iona, and and uh, I'm trying to think of other ones. But if they just would have won one of those games, or if they would have won their game that opened the season at Grand Canyon, I think maybe they get a 13 instead of a 14. So. You know, that's pretty good for the big sky, but I, mean, I would say the big sky is about where it usually is. It's, it's right sort of towards the middle of the of the, of the the pack in terms of the 32 Division One conferences. All right, Coulter, we'll let you go. Are you going to be heading to Greensboro? I am actually not. I will be sending a, a couple correspondents. I got a writer and a photographer from Skyline going down, and uh, they'll also help us on our radio show. So, um I've been on the road for about 13 days, and I just I needed to get some stuff in order here. But uh, we'll be watching from afar, and I think it should be a, a great matchup between uh, Kansas State and Montana State. Colter, take care of yourself. Good to chat with you again, friend. 
Hey, thanks so much, guys, and uh, good work. Uh, keep up the great work, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you so much. That's Coulter Nuanez from ESPN Montana and Skyline Sports. He's a co-founder of Skyline Sports. Uh, that does a great job covering the big sky. Really great, greatly appreciate his time giving us a little bit of a look inside Montana State Bobcats. It's interesting he brought up the lack of wow factor, if you will, in the early part of the big sky campaign, something that I've talked about with my friend at UNC and, and Steve Smiley, their head coach. Close games all season long. It just seemed like there was close game after close game after close game till finally you kind of got a feel for Eastern Washington. But then they got in the tournament, stubbed their toe, Northern Arizona got them, and Montana State had a path open up. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I think people, if you had heard anything about the Big Sky this year, it was Northern Arizona and the run that they made in the yes. in the Big Sky tournament because they had a horrendous record. Correct. And then they get to the they get to the tournament and they're beating everybody. They got to the championship game. The Big Sky breaks down in very similar to what the Big 12 does in terms of uh, opening day are the lower teams. Top four seeds have buys in the first round. And Northern Arizona was uh, was the nine going in and was able to pick off that victory in the opening round. And then they got Eastern Washington. And that's where they got everybody's attention. Then turn around, beat Montana the next night, sets the stage for the championship. They just didn't have the legs to keep up with Montana State at the end. I remember it was a couple of weeks ago I was reading. Uh, I, I'm kind of a sucker for the uh, – it's kind of clickbait of like, all right, we're, we're three weeks out of the, of, uh, of the selection Sunday. Who are the teams that could pull off upsets? I'm like, well, you know – we don't have the field yet. We're three <laughs> weeks ahead, of, you know, and we're. we're but I, I get interested. And Eastern Washington was a team that I saw pop up a couple of times right at the top of the uh, of the article that could pull off a big upset in the first round of the NCAA tournament as like a thirteen or fourteen seed. And guess what happens? They get bounced in the quarterfinals, and their season is uh, when it comes to the NCAA tournament's done after winning the conference mm-hmm. and, and and having won it in not overwhelming fashion, but having been undefeated for almost two-thirds of the season in conference play. And then they stubbed their toe in the tournament. God bless conference tournaments. Yeah, I will say, yeah. And Well, the big sky... Speaking like, of Eastern, they've got the uh, NIT tonight. They're playing Wazoo. Oh, are they? So, you know, they, they get their opener tonight. Well, you know, it's not the longest trip, you know, in the world. So. No, it makes for a nice matchup. Actually, how far is that? That's it's about ninety minutes, two hours. Say, yeah, it's it not very far. Too no. long. No, you're talking close to Spokane is uh, Eastern Washington and Cheney, and so it's just down the interstate a little. Well, speaking of the NIT, the WNIT K State women's basketball will be playing that opening round game, round of thirty-two Thursday, six o'clock, hosting Wichita State. The winner of that game will play the winner of Wyoming and Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, and I do remember once upon a time when the K-State women played Wyoming, uh, at Wyoming. Yes. Uh, in the WNIT. The good old and, Arena Auditorium. Yeah, that, yes. that, might game still, that game might still hold the record for the most fouls called uh, in a WNIT <laughs> game. I remember listening to Smoller call that game, and it was the most frustrating thing to listen to because it was just ridiculous foul after foul. It was so bad. It was so bad. I have to see if I could go find a box score. So it felt like there was like... Gosh, there was 50 or 60 fouls in the game total. It was insane. 
All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, it is our annual tradition heading into the NCAA tournament. Today's the first day. First four gets underway tonight. I've already got the true TV up on the screen. As a matter of fact, I think it starts in an hour. Yes, tips off at 540. Yep, first game is in exactly one hour. We bring in a person that doesn't know a thing about basketball to come predict the NCAA tournament, and that's next. Welcome back to the game on KMAN. We have our expert in studio to make the predictions on the NCAA tournament. It's none other than Sloan from 101.5 K-Rock. Sloan, how much basketball did you watch to get prepared for this moment? Um, none. I may have watched like five minutes of that Michael Jordan documentary. When he played in North Carolina? Is that where he played? Let's start in the uh, South region. First round, Alabama against the winner of Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, and Southeast Missouri State. Well, I'm going to pick Alabama because that other part, there's like way too many things to say. West Virginia against Maryland. Well, I'm going to go with the Mountaineers on that. San Diego State, Charleston. Uh, San Diego State, is that the Aztecs? It is. Okay, I'm going to go with that because I had a friend of mine that was from San Diego. This is how you're supposed to pick them, right? That is correct. Yeah, you're not supposed to look at any sort of statistics or anything. What about Virginia against Furman? I'll go with Virginia because uh, Furman reminds me of Mark Furman, the guy that uh, framed OJ. The 6-11 matchup, Creighton-NC State. Uh, I'm going to go with NC State because I don't like the way they pronounce Creighton. It should be Creighton. Baylor and UC Santa Barbara, the Gauchos. Gauchos all the way because I just like that name and because uh, there's no way that Coach Tang's former team should do any good, any better without him. Missouri, Utah State. We're supposed to, uh, that's Mizzou, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, we're not supposed to like those guys, right? No. No, okay, so it's the other team. And then finally, Arizona, Princeton. Um, I'm going to go with Princeton because I think the nerds can play basketball. Midwest region, Houston, Northern Kentucky. Boy, that's a toss-up. Uh, I'm going to go Northern Kentucky. Iowa, Auburn. Auburn all the way. Can't stand Iowa. Miami versus Drake. The team, not the rapper. Well, well then, well then, for sure, Drake. If it's not the rapper, I thought, well, just one guy out there, he's going to get creamed. Indiana versus Kent State. Indiana, because that's where basketball, other than Kansas, happens. Iowa State versus the winner of Mississippi State and Pitt. Mississippi. Xavier versus Kennesaw State. Xavier, because I know they've got the mind thing going on. They've, they've got all the X-Men to help them there, so <laughs> they should win. Texas A&M, Penn State. Uh, Penn State, because uh, apparently we don't like anything from Texas up here, right? Speaking of Texas, the Longhorns against Colgate. Colgate, give us the toothpaste every day. To the West region, Kansas Jayhawks against Howard. Uh, I'll pick Howard because that was my aunt's married name. Arkansas, Illinois. Uh, Let's go Illinois. St. Mary's versus Virginia Commonwealth, VCU. St. Mary's, they must have God on their side. UConn and Iona. Uh, UConn, because I see their name pop up in everything that I see on, like if I'm casually watching SportsCenter at a bar with the with the volume turned down, everybody had UConn this weekend, I saw, so I'll pick those guys. TCU against the winner of Arizona State, Nevada. Uh, let's go uh, Nevada on that one, because uh, TCU has made us cry the last couple of times. Gonzaga and Grand Canyon. Gonzaga, because I can't stand those Grand Canyon University ads. Northwestern versus Boise State. Boise State. I got a buddy of mine that lives up in Boise. And then finally in the West, UCLA versus UNC Asheville. Uh, UCLA. All right, last in the round of 64 to the East region, Purdue against the winner of Texas Southern and Fairleigh Dickinson. Purdue. Memphis against the Owls of Florida Atlantic. What's Memphis's? uh, Tigers. Tigers. Well, let's go with the Owls. I like that. That's cool. Duke and Oral Roberts. Duke, because Oral Roberts 
that name just gives me the willies. Tennessee and Louisiana. What's Louisiana? Is that the Crimson Tide? No, they are the Raging Cajuns. The Raging Cajuns? All right, let's do that. That's a good name. All right, Kentucky and Providence. Kentucky. K-State and Montana State. Uh, I'll do Kansas State on that one. I, I've actually been rooting for both of those teams because I used to live in Bozeman. So I'm like, I, was, I actually have a couple shirts that have got Bobcats on them, but... Uh, People look at me weird when I wear them. They're like, what's going on there? I'm like, that is not the problem. I heard their uh, big chant or whatever is, go Cats, go. It is. Co- yeah, that is correct. Yes, we chanted that in the football stands. I remember that. Yeah. Michigan State, USC. Uh, Michigan State. And then finally in the first round, Marquette and Vermont. Got to go with Marquette because that's Indiana. No, that's Wisconsin. It is? Okay. Well, I will definitely hate Wisconsin. Vermont, then. Let's change that. Sorry. All right. We are now in the round of 32. Okay. Alabama, West Virginia. That's the Tide, right? Yep. Y'all forget those guys. West Virginia? West Virginia. San Diego State, Virginia. San Diego State. NC State, UC Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. Utah State and Princeton. I love your South region. Let's go Princeton. Let's give the nerds another bump. Opposites when it comes to academics. (laughs) All right. To the Midwest, we have Northern Kentucky versus Auburn. Auburn. Drake against Indiana. Ooh. uh, Indiana. Mississippi State will face Xavier. Uh, Xavier. Penn State versus Colgate. Colgate. To the west, 16 seed Howard against Illinois. Uh, let's go Howard again. St. Mary's versus UConn. Uh, UConn. Nevada and Gonzaga. Gonzaga. And lastly, Boise State, UCLA. Well, sorry, Forrest. It's got to be UCLA there. To the east, Purdue versus Florida Atlantic. Purdue. Duke and Louisiana. Duke. Kentucky, Kansas State. Uh, Kansas State. Kansas is Sweet 16. And then finally in the round of 32, Michigan State, Vermont. Michigan State. Sweet 16, South Region, West Virginia, San Diego State. Uh, San Diego State. UC Santa Barbara versus Princeton. That is a, let me look at the seats here. That's a 14 versus a 15. Santa Barbara. To the Midwest, Auburn, Indiana. Indiana. Xavier versus Colgate. X-Men all the way. Let's go with the X-Men. To the West, Sweet 16, Howard versus UConn. UConn. And then Gonzaga, UCLA. Zaga. Sweet 16 in the East, Purdue versus Duke. Duke. And finally, Kansas State versus Michigan State. Kansas State. All right, to the Elite Eight, South Region. Who's the regional champs between San Diego State and UC Santa Barbara? I'm going to give the Aztecs one more bump in there. Midwest Regional Championship, Indiana, Xavier. Oh, Indiana's got to go there. Yep. In the West, UConn versus Gonzaga. I'm going to say UConn. Oh, wait, I'm going to switch it now because I saw you frown. So I didn't. I'm gonna, I, you I frowned. No, that. you frowned. You frowned. You frowned. I saw you. You frowned. Who, what's, who's the other one? Gonzaga. <laughs> I don't even know who the other one is. I can't even remember. And then finally, Duke versus K-State. I want to say K-State, but my limited knowledge of basketball tells me that Duke has produced some pretty good teams in the past. But I think Coach Tang is going to, I think he's going to have to get them all revved up. And anybody anybody that gets hashtag Tang Gang, that, that, that's a huge plus in my column right there. I'm going to go with K-State. Final four, Indiana versus Gonzaga. Uh, let's give it to Zaga. San Diego State or K-State? Oh, K-State will take care of those guys. No problem. All right, and then finally, <laughs> national championship game. Who wins it all, Kansas State or Gonzaga? I'm going to go with uh, Kansas State. I think they've got the momentum. I think you officially just became a resident of Manhattan, Kansas after, <laughs> what has it been, three years? Three years, yeah. And there you have it. Sloan with his predictions on the NCAA tournament. It was uh, questionable in the first couple of rounds. 
But then you get to the Sweet 16 Elite Eight, it's like, all right, you know, I, I think a lot of people would agree with most of this. I'm intrigued by the fact that he has Howard all the way through to the Sweet 16. When's the last time that we have seen uh, one of the traditional HBCUs make it through? <laughs> To the Sweet 16. That's no going to take a little digging. I thought you were going to say 16 seed. I was like, well. Oh, well, yeah, there's I that. I could take you to the exact time and location <laughs> that a 16 seed beat a one. True. I wasn't there. I wish I was, but a lot of K-State people were there to see that. As a matter of fact, Wyatt and I, I can't remember we were talking about it on air or uh, during a break about uh, when uh, UMBC, the Retrievers, Yes. Of Maryland, Baltimore County beat Virginia, the overall number one seed. And K State became the first team in history to play a 16 seed in the second round uh, of the NCAA tournament. I, man, that was a, what a buck kick in that day. That, that game was. It was unbelievable. I mean, UMBC couldn't miss, it seemed like. NCAA tournament begins at 540. Brad Korn, Southeast Missouri State. We'll face Texas A&M Corpus Christi at 540. That's on True TV. And then at 810, a play-in for 11 seed is Pitt in Mississippi State. 810 again, that's on True TV. Uh, Bulldogs favored by two. Uh, I wish I could remember the – oh, the Islanders. That not it? Corpus, uh, Corpus, Corpus Christi, Christi the yep. Islanders. Yep. Uh, they are favored by three points tonight. Man, I can't believe it's finally here. Now, I host a bracket pool every year here at the radio station, you know, give the folks around here something to do. And uh, I, I never actually have anybody pick the first four games. I'm like, if you think one of them's going to make it to the round of 32, you put them in there. But I, I, I'm not going to count the first four games. Is Do you think that's a move we should actually go towards now? But the thing is, it's like, it's only two days. The turnaround, it's less than two days. Yeah, it's. I don't know anybody that puts that into their bracket officially. I don't exactly get fired up for the first four games. I know it's technically the NCAA tournament. K-State played in Dayton once against uh, Wake Forest and won that game. And ended up losing to Cincinnati in the, in the round of th- 64. I don't know. I, I just think it's kind of a waste of time to have 16 seeds have a play-in game. I under, like If you're going to go 11 seeds, fine. Because they are the actual like last four into the tournament, right? To have the low majors and 16 seeds play an extra game, I know it's more basketball to watch, mm-hmm. but it's 16 seeds. They're not going to win... They're not going to win. Okay, great. Give them an a, a, give them an opportunity to win a first four game, which a lot of people don't even consider that the NCAA tournament. Like it shouldn't count towards their record or something. Well, let's look at it this way: it gives everybody a reason to go looking for True TV on their dial. I don't know those recent episodes, those new episodes in Impractical Jokers. Having pretty good. MJF was recently on an episode of Impractical Jokers. He's the reigning, defending heavyweight champion of the world. It was pretty good. <laughs> Even though they lost Joe, Impractical Jokers, it still works. It still hits. Are we getting any Carbonara effect ads, by the way, or are they no, done? That, that done? hasn't been on for a while. Okay. But that was a good show, too. Hour to the game. Brett Yormark. Proved it.
that he's the guy at the Big 12 tournament. He proved it, that he's the guy. That's coming up here in just a matter of moments. Plus, my top 10 list for potential Cinderella's at the NCAA tournament is coming up.